0: I'm Paige Browning from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Today's episode is special. We'll still have the usual news show, but after today, we are merging with the fantastic podcast, Seattle Now. We won't be called KUOW Newsroom anymore after this episode. We'll be called Seattle Now. It is a really good change for this show. So we're going to celebrate today by giving some listener shout outs and love. Thanks to all of you who've been listening, whether it was since we launched last June or more recently, or if you just catch an episode here and there, you listening and writing in is what has made this show what it is. And we are expanding next week so we can give you even more great journalism from KUOW Public Radio. Every time you listen, you connect with the region a little more, and that's really all we can ask for. Okay, more listener love to come, but first, let's get on with the news. It's Thursday, February 15th. Light rail on Seattle's east side has a start date. Drum roll, please. April 27th. That is when the first phase of Sound Transit's two-line will open to the public. It's later than it was supposed to be, but better late than never. King County Councilmember Claudia Balducci, who's on the Sound Transit board, pushed for this April launch. As soon as we announced that we were thinking about it, it's been the most popular thing I've ever proposed. I had a lot of feedback. Yes, do it. We'll ride it. You know, you should get it open. So there are a lot of people who have responded to say that they will use it and it will be important to them. The East Link extension will serve eight new stations from South Bellevue to the Redmond Technology Station. Sound Transit says two car trains will run every 10 minutes between 5.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. You want to take a trip from the east side to Seattle? The one-line and two-line won't connect till next year. That delay is due to quality issues with the track across the I-90 floating bridge. The state legislature is halfway through its session, and down at the Capitol, there are two big policing bills catching attention today. Here's one. Washington lawmakers are considering whether to create a new independent prosecutor at the state level. The unit would charge police accused of misusing deadly force. Amy Radel has the story. Opponents of the bill say a new statewide prosecutor isn't needed. James McMahon with the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs says he's confident local prosecutors can bring these cases. We take significant issue with the idea of spending $12 million to hire two dozen people whose sole job it is to charge police officers with murder. Supporters say local prosecutors face a conflict of interest when it comes to charging police. Katrina Johnson is the cousin of Charlena Lyles, who was killed in an encounter with Seattle police. I know that this is less about policy and more about ceding power, and we all must remember that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Local prosecutors oppose the law as written, but say they would like the option to refer cases there. Amy Radel, KUOW News. Also this week, state representatives gave a first hearing to the bill that would ban police from hog-tying people. This passed the Senate unanimously already, and a big player came to testify to the House, Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodards. Tacoma police and most other departments in the state banned hog-tying after the March 2020 death of Manny Ellis. The state has shown leadership in the past by discontinuing dangerous practices such as chokeholds and neck restraints. This is another opportunity and we must continue to move forward. A lobbyist for the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs testified that law enforcement doesn't have a widely available alternative to subduing someone in extreme circumstances. Medical experts say the practice can restrict breathing due to increased pressure on the chest. And we're saying goodbye to a few bills that had gotten buzz this legislative session but did not make the cut. One is the bill we've reported on that would have lowered the driving under the influence limit. The limit is 0.08 blood alcohol content, and that could have changed to 0.05. The Washington State Standard reports that it failed in both chambers. Another bill not going forward, one to require people to get a permit before they buy a firearm. And a bill to move Washington's clocks to permanent standard time, maybe next year. Hundreds of people in Seattle lined up early this morning to get free medical services. Today was the first day of the Seattle King County Clinic. It offers everything from eye exams to ultrasounds free of charge. Jim Fang was one of the first people in line to get a cavity filled. I don't have any dental insurance, so uh, this is it. But I'm coming back. They didn't clean my teeth, but uh, I'll try to get it on Saturday, and I want to do glasses. If I do glasses, that'll be good. I got to check for uh, cataracts and glaucoma. Volunteers treat about 1,000 people a day at the clinic. Most are like Fang, who have some benefits but are considered underinsured. All I have is like a B.A. insurance, and that doesn't cover all the bases. If I get Medicare, I can get more things done, but my Medicare isn't in order. The clinic at Seattle Center is open through Sunday. Free tickets to get inside tomorrow will be given out at 5.30 tomorrow morning. A group of Japanese-Americans and immigrant advocates will hold a protest tomorrow urging the shutdown of Washington's Immigrant Detention Center. They say the protest at Seattle's federal building is just the start of a week of action against facilities run by Immigration and Customs Enforcement. It's timed with the anniversary of the Day of Remembrance. Monday marks the day that the federal government authorized the forced mass incarceration of Americans of Japanese descent. A charter school backed by former Seahawk Russell Wilson could be closing due to its alleged toxic culture. The Seattle Times reports that the Why Not You Academy in Des Moines is facing allegations from former students and staff that uncertified teachers were asked to teach. It's lost a third of its staff and students in September, and at least 10 students with disabilities did not receive services, according to the Seattle Times. The Washington State Charter School Commission will decide if Why Not You Academy will remain open. School CEO Abigail O'Neill told the Seattle Times that the school never put uncertified teachers in classrooms and only once was a classroom left unsupervised. <music> On the sports beat today, you're going to be hearing more chatter from baseball fans again because Seattle Mariners pitchers and catchers reported for spring training this week in Arizona. The Mariners open the season on March 28th here in Seattle. And Seattle Sounders FC debuted new jerseys, a.k.a. Kits, today with a rave green and light blue pinstripe design using elements from jerseys over the last 50 years. This kicks off their 50th season as a team. In arts and culture today, here are a few recs from our team. Tonight, that's Thursday, Dr. Doretha Williams is the Black History Month keynote speaker at the Northwest African American Museum. The Queen of Pop descends on Seattle Saturday and Sunday. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Madonna, who will be at Climate Pledge Arena. A photo gallery about Northwest music in the 80s and 90s comes to Nordstrom's third floor on Saturday. It's called Through the Lens of Weirdos. And it is the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, model gardens, backyard cottages built to scale, plants for a changing climate. It's all at the Seattle Convention Center running through Sunday. All right, let's hear from listeners now. Here are a few memorable notes we've gotten since we started last year from Martin He says, I appreciate your headlines news coverage in the mornings. It's incredibly informative, concise, and clear. I also want to thank whoever chose the snappy music that starts the program. He says, wherever I hear it in the morning, I use it as my cue to start doing jumping jacks to get my blood flowing for the day. I usually get to about 20 before the music fades. And Turner told us the opening music always gets my toddler dancing. And I really appreciate the concise but comprehensive overview of local issues. Shout out to all the listeners who have written us, including Dave, Nicholas, Jonica, Noel, John with no H, John with an H, Chapman, Sandra, Florence, Paul, Tim and Addie and others. We have learned a lot from your messages, and we are so glad that our show is helping to fill a local news hole that some of you had. That is why we do it. And that is a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We are off tomorrow, and we're off Monday for President's Day, but... Starting next week, February 20th, you'll find us in the Seattle Now feed. So go to the podcast Seattle Now and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And as always, see ya.